Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison. You're listening to episode 36 of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. All righty. So welcome back to the Parallel. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode about the Penny Story, where we talked about um, human sex trafficking and just practical ways that you can actually be a part of something that sometimes feels like way too big to address Um, but as you can see today we'll be talking about letting go of shame and um, I think that's a big part of just being a Christian in general because we are sinners you know and it it's natural to want to feel shame um, for your sin but I think there is a difference between guilt and shame and how we approach that so that's what I want to talk about today so let's get right into it Right. So I actually recently heard a lady on a Christian podcast saying we don't need to get rid of shame. Um, Shame helps us to um, or she was just kind of just paraphrasing. Basically, um, it helps us to do better, basically. But um, that's very wrong. (laughs) And I don't want anyone to believe that they should stay in shame. And I get what she's saying and what she's trying to say. um, But from a therapist perspective, you never want someone you never want to teach someone um to allow shame in their lives. Um, If you guys know Brene Brown, B-R-E-N-E Brown, um, she does a great job of distinguishing between shame and guilt. Um, At the most basic level, shame is saying I am bad and guilt says I did a bad thing or I did something bad. And that's like the most basic way to understand it. And I know some Christians may hear this and say, well, yeah, we are bad because we're sinners and we sin. And yes, we are sinners and we sin. But once you become... Uh, one with Christ, you take on a new identity. Um, if you fully understand what Jesus Christ did for you on the on the cross, like you put his righteousness on when he took your sin on him. So we are no longer identified by us, our sin. So God no longer looks at us as sinners. He looks at us as sons and daughters, um, as blameless because of what Jesus did. So the the difference is that we no longer identify our sin, our, our sin as our sin. (laughs) And that's the same thing as this description. So yes, I sin. And when I sin, I feel guilty um, because I chose to forfeit closeness with Christ for temporary pleasure. So you should feel guilty when you are sacrificing uh, your relationship with Christ for pleasure. But I do not have to permanently stay away from Christ. And I don't have to let that... um, chosen moment of temporary pleasure define me as a person and if you need to listen to that back over and over again um, I would encourage you to do that Um, you are not the decisions that you've made once you've turned from them uh, you've turned from them and yes looking back um, you may cringe or ask yourself like why did I even do that thing or ask yourself um, what you were thinking but thankfully you serve a God who throws your sin into the sea or as as if he throws into the sea and forgets it, um, which is in Micah seven nineteen. Um, also, God does not look down and delight when you are um, doing penance, um, and basically, penance is self punishment for your own sins. And if you um, are familiar with Martin Luther, that's really what he was known for before he fully understood um, the the transformation when you become a Christian and and Christ kind of takes on your sin and you take on his wretchedness. So just think about that for a second. 
um, the God that literally plucked you out of sin and breathed his life into your being, change your destiny and your desire for life. And then like looks down on you committing self-punishment and says, yeah, that's good. That pleases me. Like, would that make sense to you? Let me say it again. So the God that literally plucked you out of sin, breathed his life into you, the God of the universe, um, gave you a second chance and changed your destiny. Do you think it would make sense for him to look down on you committing self-punishment and say, you know what? <laughs> She's killing it. That pleases me. No. The Bible says that there is no longer condemnation for those who are in Christ. So Lord does not delight in self-punishment. He does not enjoy you hurting yourself or trying to put further burdens on yourself um, to kind of prove to yourself that you, you deserve his love, um, especially in light of what he did on the cross. Um, and it's kind of like as if um, we've convinced, convinced ourselves that what Christ did on the Christ wasn't enough words. <laughs> what Christ did on the cross wasn't enough. And we have to like continue to suffer Um like, this doesn't make sense because Christ did all the suffering for us. Like you don't, you're not helping Jesus by hurting yourself even further. So, um, I think a lot of people think like, Oh, I'm, I'm being a real Christian by punishing myself. But Christ literally took all the punishments for your sin on the cross. And he finished that. That's what Jesus said when he was on the cross, it is finished. He wasn't just talking about his own life. He was talking about the process of taking on our sins and, and making us new creations. Um, and you know, I think where you can find beauty in it all is that you can experience guilt and Christ's love and the desire to love him well at all at the same time. I'm going to say that again. You can experience guilt and Christ's love and the desire to love him well all at the same time. And I think it's important to reference Luke 7, 37 through 47, because it exemplifies Christ's love for the repentant sinner. And I encourage you to read it on your own. You may even want to pause the episode and read it. Um, but it speaks about a woman who is known in the town for living a sinful life. So this may be what some of you are carrying with you. Some or many may know you for your your sexual sins and how it's affected them and friends and family. So you can relate to this woman and how others made her sin, her identity, um, so she heard that Jesus would be eating at the Pharaoh's house. So she came there with an alabaster box. Um, this might be ringing some bells for some people now. So um, let's pause for a second. Someone who has lived a sinful life would be fearful to be in the presence of a Pharisee because of how judgmental they are and how much judgment they place on people. Um, also, I'd assume that um, women barging into meetings of people of high prestige is like not a norm in this time. Like... <laughs> That's just wild to even think that a woman would would do that, especially like she wasn't invited. So I'd assume this woman is shaking and scared. But instead of separating herself from Christ, knowing her sinfulness, she seeks him. Beautiful. And when she finds him, the Bible says she stood behind him and wept. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Um, and if you've wept before, like it's, it's a lot deeper than just crying. It's, it's very deep. Um, and we, we don't know what she was thinking when she saw Jesus, but um, she didn't even try to get his attention, but wept at the back of his feet and proceeded to wipe his feet with her hair, kiss his feet, 
and pour perfume on them. And that perfume was not cheap that she had. <laughs> um, and while this is happening, the Bible says a Pharisee said to himself, okay, so right now, either the Lord is reading this man's literal mind or this man can't whisper quietly. But in his ignorance, um, you know, thinking to himself that uh, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is. This is what he's thinking to himself. So not only is this man uh, questioning Christ, you know, um, while he's having his mind read by the man who is he says should know sinners, but he's also sinning by somehow excluding himself from the label of sinner. Like, like my man has been in the presence of a sinner. Once you asked him to come visit you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All he do is be in the presence of sinners. So that's just wild to me. So just imagine you are speaking to yourself and the Lord literally answered you. Like my man is in his own head. Like, yo, how does this man really, um, spend the time with sinners? Then the Lord out loud answers you. <laughs> I'd have been so, I would feel so, uh, you know what I'm saying? Exposed. Like, how did my man just hear my thoughts? So, you know what I'm saying? I would have literally asked for the ladies' room and my, my, my eyes would have widened. And, but anyways, Jesus goes on to say, I have something to tell you. And you know what Simon says after questioning the Lord? He says, tell me, teacher. So this this man's name, the man's name Simon. So man, the man is thinking, oh, how's this man doing, blah, blah, blah. Then the Lord says, uh, 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 I have something to tell you and you know what? You know, I have something to tell you. That's what he said. And my man's is like, tell me, teacher. When you just see, I can't st stand people like that. You're going to say, oh, you're going to say one thing to one. You're going to say one thing in your head behind behind somebody's back. But in today's face, tell me something, teacher. When in your head, you were just questioning if he was a real teacher or not. The disrespect. <laughs> it's crazy. So he says, tell me something, teacher. Um, but I think we always see ourselves in those uh, who are judgmental in the Bible. Um like we can always see ourselves in those in those positions, uh, assuming at times that our sin isn't as great as others or literally forgetting that the Lord knows our every thought. Um, I know it's not like you don't think like, oh, I'm I'm probably the donkey in the story of, of Jesus Christ, who he's like sitting on. Um, you you think you're what? <laughs> not Jesus Christ. I mean, his father, Joseph and Mary, you know, they're sitting on the donkey. And you're not thinking you're the donkey. You're thinking, oh, I'm the wise man or whatever. But um, we can always put ourselves in the person's shoes that is being judgmental because we are that because we're sinners. Um, so the Lord goes on to tell a parable as he loves to do. And he speaks about how two people owe money to a money lender. Um, one owes him 500 denarii and the other 50 denarii, denarii, whatever. Um, and in modern terms, a denarii equals one day of wages. So um, one guy owed five, 500 days of wages and the other owed 50 days of wages. And Jesus says that neither of them had the money to pay him. So um, he forgave the debts of both of them. Then he asks, now, which of them loves him more? And Simon says, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. And the answer that God gave him or Jesus, well, that's the same person, <laughs> but in this story, I'm talking specifically about Jesus. Um, but if, if I receive this kind of answer from the Lord, I will sit by myself in a cave empty with no food and, and no water for the rest of my life. If I were, if I got a response to, from Jesus like this. So he says to Simon, um, you have judged correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like your teacher giving you a pop quiz 
when you clearly were not paying attention and, and you know if you that kid in school and you ain't paying attention in class and your teacher just calls on you and it's you just pray to jesus christ himself <laughs> that he would give you the answer and then you answer it correctly it's like i shouldn't pay attention more often i'm just kidding <laughs> but you just feel really good so if if the lord said to me you have judged correctly i'd be like you know what look at me looking like you <laughs> look at us looking like each other <laughs> okay but anyways but jesus then calls simon out in front of his friends and he says uh do you see this woman um i came into your house and you didn't give me water for my feet and she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair and if you missed it you know you may think the lord is picking on simon's hospitality skills um what's happening here is simon the pharisee has basically removed himself so far from sin that he didn't understand the deep reverence he should have for the savior Jesus goes on to say, you did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't pour oil on my head, which was a normal custom that they did um, in that time. But she poured oil, expensive oil at that on Jesus's feet. So he's basically showing you this woman has given me more reverence and love um, than even you did when you you um, invited me to your home. Um, then he says, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven uh, little loves little. And that's not saying that if you've sinned less, you are you aren't as capable of loving Christ in a big way. Um, I think two things are actually happening here. I think the Lord is addressing those who think they've sinned little like Simon, um, those who are very works based um, like the Pharisees who think because they do for the church that they are somehow closer to Christ. Um, and you're actually robbing yourself from the effects and reality of God's saving grace. Like um, I've said before, we are fully dependent on Christ every single second of our lives. So we all have um, been forgiven of much and we all should love much because of that. So we can't just let the false belief that we um, haven't been forgiven of much um, make us take Christ for granted. I think we often forget that um, once you've committed one sin, <laughs> you've completely disqualified yourself. You are a sinner. And once you've committed one sin, you deserve death. Like each sin deserves death. <laughs> so if you really understand the weight of sin, um, you're already disqualified <laughs> without Christ. Uh, so one one sin is, is too much. One sin is, is a lot. So if you understand that perspective, when he said who is forgiven, wh whoever has been forgiven little, that's basically no one. <laughs> that's what he's basically trying to make you understand. Like there is no one who's sinned little. Um, once you've sinned, you have sinned hugely. Um, and it doesn't take many because God is the complete opposite of sin. And you can have like he can have no part of that. He can't be close to anyone who has even an ounce of sin. So once you sin, you deserve eternal separation. But thanks to the Trinity, God chose you to be saved. So even if you um, live a life of sin or your life doesn't uh, look like a murderer or the woman who is known for her sin, you have just as much to be grateful for. And I think it speaks to the person who, you know, is living in shame of their sin. Um, this woman didn't even get up to be at eye level with Jesus. When I know Jesus would have given her the same honor and respect she got um, by basically groveling at his feet. Like he would have given her that respect regardless. Um, 
because she was so fully aware of her sin, because she had faith, the Bible says your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. And man, like what an opportunity to look back on your sinful life and say, gosh, that really sucks that I sinned against God. Um, and if it's if it was sexual impurity um, that I sinned against my body. Um, but man, is God so good. Like, wow, didn't I need a savior? And you then get to go in peace knowing, you know, what you have been rescued from. And it's not just the effects of sin, but you have been rescued from an eternity away from the one who can give you peace and joy and happiness. So you then can go and live a life in response to Christ's love instead of one in in response to sin. So um, I think a workspace mentality is more of living a life life in response to sin. And, you know, when you live a repentant life and a grateful life and understanding like what Christ already did for you, you get to live out a life that is a response to Christ's love. And I think that's a beautiful difference and a beautiful life shift. And, you know, this work of releasing yourself from shame will not be, you know, a one and done thing because we're still sinners and we still have memory of the past. But if the God of the universe can forgive our sins, you know, you can continue to make an attempt to have that same grace on yourself as well. And this is for sure, you know, does not excuse those who keep on sinning until they get a rap sheet. They think they, you know, needed to love God more. Um, This is never the way that you should go about it. Um, I want this episode to allow you to confront your sin, repent, and move on living your life for Christ. You aren't doing any good holding things over yourself or over your head. And on top of that, self-loathing is still a self-seeking relationship with yourself. You're not any better of a Christian when you self-loathe. You are, you know, more focused on your own sin than Christ loves. So, I never want you to get comfortable in a space of self-loathing like it's better, you know, than being conceited or better than being self-serving because the Lord doesn't want that for you either. And I think it's beautiful that your heart breaks knowing that you've done uh, something to kind of forsake your relationship with Christ. Um, You should feel guilty. Um, You may have put your significant other in a situation to sin against the Lord and that may weigh heavy on you and it's supposed to. You may have given into sexual sin over and over and over again. And I understand how grieving it is to be stuck in a habit and want to do better, but um, not be in a place where you desire to do better or even have the strength to. It is reasonable to look back and see how far you've come and regret what you've allowed and regret what you've done. Um, but never stay there. Never stay in the grief and discount your yourself because Christ would never do that. He would never turn his back on the people he chooses. Um, So feel guilty for a moment, but you don't have to continue going up to the altar and repenting. Your life should reflect a repentant heart. And this is not the picture of the person with their eyes downcast because, um, you know, Christ has lifted your head. um, And, you know, you can just be grateful and live your life at, as a response to the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. You are now free from the bondage of sin. So let yourself breathe. You are so loved. You are so forgiven. And you can live in response to that. Um, And this may not sound comforting, but I think as Christians, um, we'll feel guilty till the day that we die. And that's just the experience of being, you know, in the between and in between the already and the not yet. Um, We are sinful beings who are saved by grace. So, Because of our sinful nature, we will always be striving to be holy. 
the Bible says that even nature groans for the return of the Savior, um, Romans 8, 22, 23. So we'll always want to be better for Christ. And, you know, you know, I'll read this as an encouragement and a verse to remember when um, I feel like, you know, I've fallen back into shame. And I think you should, too. Um, Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's really comforting to me when I'm maybe being too hard on myself or holding my sin over my head. Um, it's important to remember that our God is sovereign and he's going to continue working in our lives and he's going to continue to create a heart in us that wants to please him. It's not all on you. And if it was all on you, you'd, you'd be failing. <laughs> and the only reason you do good is because of Christ. So your desire to want to do good is a good thing. Um, and this is a verse to try to remember when I'm being impatient with myself, you know, when it comes to not loving as well. And I want to, or, or I'm not reading my word every single day or whatever sin is basically like habitual in your life. Um, we have to remember that at the end of the day, Jesus Christ came and finished the saving work and he will sanctify us until he returns. Um, there's nothing that can keep you from becoming more like Jesus, not your past, not even your future. God is too in control for that. So um, I hope this episode helped you to understand the difference between guilt and shame and between living a life that looks like a response to Christ's love um, and not a life focused on the past sins that you have committed. So if you want to support the podcast, you can join Patreon through the link in the bio um, to have more access uh, to bonus content that free listeners don't have. Also, I just want to say something really quick, too, that I've been kind of working on within myself. Um, so I was reading, reading uh, Psalms 2, and I came across Psalms 2.12, and I, I, re- I read the verse um, that says, Kiss uh, the sun. Let me make sure. I, yeah. Lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, I know that may sound kind of like harsh, um, but I mean, yeah, the Lord is very jealous for our hearts. And I've talked about this before um, with some other friends, but I want to share this with you guys. And, you know, the Lord is rightfully jealous for us and he's done great things for us. So it's understandable that he'd be jealous. Um, so this verse is basically saying, like, kiss the sun, show your affections to Jesus Christ and, you know, spend time with him. And just use that imagery, like kissing the sun, I think is beautiful to just remind yourself to be affectionate towards Christ and, and lavish him with love, spend time with him, worship him, read your word, um, because his wrath is definitely quick, you know, but it's also kindled quickly as well, even quicker. So I think I'm going to start adding that to the end of our podcast episodes, along with my other phrasing, because I think it's important to remember to make time for Jesus and be affectionate towards him every day. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. And as you guys know, you can follow the parallel on Instagram. Uh, remember to speak the truth in love and kiss the sun today. Bye.